0: Hello Sober Souls, this is episode 4 of Rethink Recovery Podcast, a show to level up your sober superpowers, tap into the abundance of happiness your life has to offer, and live your recovery on your terms. I'm Sarah, your sober host. I'm so happy you're here. Let's get started. Ugh, It's so embarrassing. When I was drinking, my emotions were so out of control. I was constantly arguing and was very immature in every area of my life. When you're in active addiction, it's hard for you to step back and remove yourself in order to assess the situation and make adjustments like someone would typically do in these situations. But every time I would start to look at something that I needed to change, I would just drink because it was either that time of the day or it was easier to avoid looking at my alcoholism, right? Because then I would have to admit I had a problem and then I was miserable with who I had become. I always hated when anything on TV got brought up about someone over drinking, especially when like intervention would come on TV. Like, did I really think as if no one would notice I was a drunk until a show exposed me and shined a light that my bad behavior wasn't normal? We love to lie to ourselves, right? I remember once before I got sober, I was sitting at a stoplight and I had just picked up a big bottle of Margaritaville Gold tequila, the one with the handle. And I was on my way to pick up my husband from work so I could go home and party, you know, like one does on Tuesdays. I'll never forget, I started having a pain in like an organ area. So I looked it up on the phone and it was right where my liver would be. And it was like a dull, constant pain. So instead of maybe that being a red flag that I needed to stop drinking, nope I cranked it up a notch turned up the radio and cracked open the bottle and took a shot before the light turned green this is a perfect example of how I imagine how frustrating it can be to live with an alcoholic too right we have all heard people's frustration with addicts and alcoholics wondering why if you say you don't want to be that way then why do you why don't you go and get help right well it just lets you know that it really reigns true That you can't help an addict who's not ready. I mean, my liver was pretty much quivering. And I said, shut the hell up. I ain't done yet, bitch. Take another drink. Calm down. Needless to say, my denial uh, was the state I felt most comfortable in. It takes a while to get used to being honest with yourself and realizing what addictions, what actions you're taking are good and bad for you. I did the same with cigarettes. That addiction was a real doozy for me to quit too. especially since it was my one vice I really held on to after sobriety. It got me through the first years of my recovery, and I just, I, I was hooked. But it was the same pattern of lies I told myself that kept me from quitting for good. So today in the show, I'm going to be telling you uh, five pertinent things I have to implement regularly, in order to keep my sobriety where it's at and the longevity that I've had for all these years. And now I've been sober a little over eight years. So the first one, and there's, I mean, everybody's recovery is different, but these five things, I really, really, um, they make a world of difference in my recovery. So the first one I'm going to start with is going to be learning to control our impulsive behavior, right? Right. And yes, this won't go away altogether. I'm still impulsive at times with emotions, shopping, decision-making. But this is important because it's something you can learn. This way, you can gauge how much you can tolerate sitting with something uncomfortable before you have to burst of urge to drink in order to cope with the stress. So my suggestion and what works best for me is to not let any negative emotions build up. Because like a hose filled with holes, if you plug one, the water's just gonna shoot out stronger and more concentrated in other holes. So same with your negative feelings, right? They're just gonna burst out. You may be feeling completely shitty about something because you saw a woman today, take for instance, who just had all her ducks in a row. She looked amazing. She had an amazing car, Whatever. So you spend the day feeling bad about yourself, right? But instead of working that out, you end up yelling at your kids. Not because it's something they did, but because you saw this woman earlier and it made you feel inadequate about yourself, causing your emotions to spew out. All of your kids, all over your spouse, your friends, whoever is there at the time, your emotional hose ends up bursting. If you struggled with abuse at any age... I would imagine this would be something that would cause a little more difficulty because when you are abused, you are usually forced to keep silent, right? And suppress your emotions. So you have to really be mindful of where your gauge is. I know for myself, I was always so disconnected with my emotions and not really taught how to use my words and that my feelings weren't really important. So ultimately, I was having tantrums As an adult, but like a child because I didn't know how to use my voice for any type of resolution. With overreacting impulse behavior, we all do it to an extent. But for an alcoholic in recovery, it's very important to control these outbursts. They could have a much bigger impact on our recovery than you think. It all adds up eventually and we'll be looking for a place to explode. The way to tackle this and learn to get your emotions in check is to do a variety of exercises having to do with like brain dumping type techniques, essentially, right? So exercises that are great for me that I like to implement are simple. First one would be rage writing, where you just write down every thought that is coming to you at that time. This is good for the end of the day. So you can gauge where you are emotionally and then look back frequently I like to look at mine, all my writings on Sunday, so I know what emotions are, keep coming up from me all week. You have to start looking at your life in more of a bulk scenario, and this exercise will show you. Yes, you may have one or two days or some moments that throughout your week that you're, uh, are not good, but when you look at it as a whole, you have had a pretty great week, Right? And when you start looking at it like that, instead of one bad moment turning into a bad day, making it a bad week, turning into a bad month, and eventually a bad life, because that's what you end up focusing on, life is always happening for you. So verbal journaling is also another great technique. And this is one of my favorite things to do. And this is for You can use this for all different types of emotions that you're going through, any scenarios. You can do this by opening up your voice memo app or whatever recording app that you have and just start spewing everything. And this can be throughout the day or if you need like a pros and cons type of situation, this is really good to go to instead of a list or I've done it before, and argue if I before I wanted something to turn into an argument that I just needed to address, I would literally just go in, voice memo app or whatever app, uh, recording app you have, just start spewing everything, and this can be throughout the day. Or if you need like a pros and cons type of situation, this is really good. It's a great way to release. And going back to listen to the recording, a lot of the time you will start recognizing. When you revisit the recording with a different outlook, you can adjust to better feeling and better feeling thoughts and behaviors. Like mentioned before, focusing on the good and the lessons that need to be learned. Okay, the next important aspect of my sobriety is to not lie to myself and think I could ever have a drink again. Other big aspects of early recovery where people like to lie to themselves maybe justifying drinking just a little, only for special occasions, maybe just some champagne, right? That's how it, that's how it starts. That is what we have to really be honest about. After my first rehab, um, and it was in North Carolina. So when I had came back home to Florida, I knew I could still manipulate and lie to myself, um, and my husband. And we were ended up, we were moving, um, somewhere in Florida so we could get a fresh start in just a new place, right? I told my husband and it was okay for me to just get a little champagne because I still, I was still allowed to celebrate special occasions, right? (sighs) And he believed me, of course. So from there, I started drinking again and no, not just on special occasions. No, not just champagne, but that was just my first rehab. So that just shows you. We cannot have another drink. No, sir, no, ma'am. And this is actually one of the aspects I do incorporate some AA advice in and the serenity prayer that it, I don't actually think it originated with AA, but I know they've, uh, it works really great for them. Accepting the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things that I can. You have to accept this is not something we can change. We have to take radical acceptance of the things we did when we drank, reminding ourselves constantly of the last time we had our last drunk, and we always have to remind ourselves the impact alcohol had on not just us, but the people around us, and then you can assess if justifying another drink is the right thing to do. Sorry about my mom. She raised five of us as a single mom in Minnesota, and then three more stepkids after she got married so there was eight of us pretty much like feral cats on a farm in minnesota and she used to just walk around quoting the serenity prayer over and over oh my god it was so (laughs) i can't tell you how serious she was we always thought it was funny all right (laughs) next time all right so next is from uh one of the books that i really really love And it's The Fourth Agreement by Don Miguel Ruiz. It has helped me tons. And it's not to assume. This one is really hard. But once you start seeing it working in your favor, favor, you will want to start seeing more of what possibilities there are. And if you just simply stop assuming, right? And this is something that needs to be practiced over and over and over again. I, uh... I fall a little short with this, but I try to do my best. I am really far from perfect with it, but it really is helpful just as a simple, um, as as simple as it sounds. Just don't assume like anything. You will have to really be mindful. And in every situation, whether it be a text not replied to, to right away, or a look across the room from someone, or a comment said to you, we always jump to assumptions in uh, it. And sometimes good assumptions, but mostly negative. So try to catch yourself today in reaction situations. Like if you feel hurt or offended, most of the time, it's because we assume the worst. Take, for instance, if someone says something to you really nice, but in a terrible tone. Like, that's a nice shirt. We're automatically wired to be like, what is the problem, sis? Like... (laughs) It's just based solely on assuming something has a problem because that's a quick response habit for most humans. Try it out. It really does help. It's super difficult, but it's fun to play with. It's a way of imagining a better feeling narrative. You can insert into the negative thoughts. Next, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it, talk about it. This will help you out in your recovery a great deal. A lot of times people struggle with sobriety because we're too embarrassed to ask for help or admit that we may be struggling with a mental health issue. This is especially true with men, but society has put a heavy, heavy stigma on addiction, alcoholism, mental health. We know. I don't talk to a bunch of strangers running in the street telling all my stuff. But when you are faced with the time to tell your truth, and you will know when that is you'll start to feel free and more comfortable in your skin and you know i i really don't understand stigmas look at the fucking statistics of alcohol abuse drug abuse mental health right i mean literally 99% of the people i have told just saying i'm a recovering alcoholic Literally, most everyone says they have someone they love or themselves have gone through addiction or some sort. So in a case that you feel so different and out of place, just remember, there are a lot more people who who are touched by addiction than society makes us believe. And if someone ever treats you less than because you struggle with addiction and mental health, know that no one who loves themselves fully would ever tear down a person who is trying to heal themselves, ever. My last one I have for today is simply to volunteer. When you devote your time in recovery, it starts to bring light into a bigger picture of why you're here. A common thread with addiction is extreme selfishness, right? Like the only time we aren't completely gone mentally or emotionally while we were using, we were spending that time then looking for how to get our next high or drunk, right? So volunteering for me was a huge part of my recovery process and still is actually a big part of my current life. Giving yourself to work as a service allows you to step out of your comfort zone of selfishness. It allows you to do something completely opposite of what you would have done while you were using, right? And that's the ultimate goal. To take the actions towards becoming the best sober version of yourself. To be different in what you used to do. And volunteering without any expectations in return, but for solely out of wanting to bring good in the world and to continue to evolve in your recovery, it will reap really beautiful outcomes and will help a great deal in what I feel and what I've also seen um, is instant transform- transformations into a better you. And there are really so many opportunities to volunteer your services, from kids to elders, food services, animal rescue for food pantries, community gardens, food drives for humans and animals, community cleanups, clothing drives, food delivery, food packaging. I mean, the list goes on. There is never anything that is not in need of help. Google volunteering and then put in your zip code. Tons will pop up. I hope some of this advice has helped you out today and supports you in your recovery. Before we go, the takeaways we have are start finding emotional release exercises to help control our negative impulse behaviors. Be honest that you cannot have another drink and accept you can't control that and move on. It's okay. Working on practicing, not assuming negative nor positive. Just go with what is. Talk about it. There is strength in your story. Lastly, take some time to volunteer. Thank you so much for stopping by. That's all we have for today. Please comment and let me know what you think of the show and what you would like to hear more of. Also, it helps so much when you subscribe and like the show. It makes it easier for others in recovery to find us. So thank you. Bye.